Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Is it illegal to linger after a funeral? Stick your hand up if you think it is illegal to linger after a funeral. Only because that's weird if you made it up. <laughs> <laughs> True. That is, in fact, a real law. Um, strange one. But it does, it does make sense if you actually understand why. Next one, please. Is it illegal for a boy under 17 to show their naked backside to the mother or father of their betrothed? Stick your hand up if you believe that to be true. Yes. Any others? It's not true. It is actually fake. Um, I made that one up, so good news, Sam, uh, whenever you're betrothed. Um, next one, please. Illegal to fly a kite in a public place. What do we reckon? Hands up if, you, if this is a, a real, a true law. Mm, some of us are yeah, very good at this. Uh, that is, in fact, a, a real law. Uh, next one. Uh, cab drivers have the legal responsibility to ask their passengers if they have the plague. Hands up if that is real. By plague, you mean coronavirus? I don't mean coronavirus, I mean plague, and I think smallpox as well. It is, in fact, uh, a real law, that one. Let's have one more. Um, this last one is quite a famous one, and is obviously true. I've just given you the answer. It's legal to shoot a Scotsman with a crossbow, but only in York. It's legal. Chester also has a similar thing with the Welsh. Um, <laughs> But it is, in fact, legal to shoot a Scotsman with a crossbow. Although there is a, a, a bigger law, I think it's some sort of law of homicide that kind of um, <laughs> says that you can't do any shooting of people, you can't actually kill anyone. So it kind of makes that law a little bit useless. It kind of makes that law a little bit silly. And if anything, it's just going to maybe create a little bit of harm for Scottish people um, and put offenders in prison. So it's a bit useless. It's not really got a whole lot of function. Um, And we're looking at a passage today, we're going to read a passage of Matthew that sees Jesus healing someone um, with a physical disability. Um, But for most of the passage, Jesus is actually having a conversation with some people who abide by some silly laws. Um, The laws end up being pretty useless, so it makes makes these people useless and have no function because they abide by these useless laws. I'm going to be referring to that as a spiritual disability. Um, And when we're talking about disabilities here, whether they are physical, mental, or spiritual, just know that there is no judgment from myself or anyone else in the church. Because as we're going to see here, um, we are all actually in the same boat. Um, We all are or have been disabled in some way. But there is good news, and that is that Jesus brings ability where there is disability. So let's read Matthew 12. Um, Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath... Will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. 
So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. So the first thing we're hearing in this passage is the Pharisees' plan. Um, Before we read any of those verses again, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about who the Pharisees are, because most of this is about the Pharisees. They are a bunch of people, they are a bunch of very religious people that are very good at following God's law. And when I say law, I'm talking about the Ten Commandments, I'm talking about additional um, instructions that God gave his people to help them worship him and love each other. Um, And the Pharisees are really good at following this law. Um, The problem is they also added a load of extra ones. They were trying to make it even easier for God's people to follow God's law, but they added a load of rules, um, and they weren't God-given rules. They were extra rules. And those rules often kind of missed the point. Let me give you an example. God's law said to keep one day in the week different to all the others. Don't work on that one day in the week, but instead rest. That sounds pretty good. We all could use a day of rest. Um, And so God called that day the Sabbath But God's people wanted to clarify what work was. So God's single and and quite easy to follow law had 39 categories of work added to it. And then within those categories, um, we had a load of subcategories. And and suddenly this isn't sounding a whole lot like rest. It's sounding a whole lot like having to memorise a rule book. Let's have a little picture of what that looks like. So we've got um, that first one there at the top, Sabbath day of rest. That's God's law. Everyone chill out for a day. Make this day different. And then we've got these extra rules. There should actually be 39 of those. And then a ton more rules that are all added extra. They've been added by um, God's people to make it kind of easier. Um, in adding all of this, though, the law is, is of rest is no longer about rest, is it? It's about following a ton of man-made instructions. And I can imagine that following that wouldn't be particularly easy. I can imagine following that probably being quite tiring. Um, But the Pharisees were really good. They were really good at following these rules. And they had, because of that, a really high status in society. They looked good. On the other side of the coin, you've got Jesus who is God. We've sung about that this morning. He is God Almighty. And he wrote the original law. Being that he's God, he wrote that original law that we had there. And he doesn't subscribe to all the extra rules. In fact, he actively opposes the Pharisees and kind of argues with them on some of these extra rules. So they need to get rid of Jesus. And this brings us to verses 9 and 10, the Pharisees' plan. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? The Pharisees know that Jesus goes around healing people. So they're thinking, if we can catch Jesus out healing on the Sabbath, then we can have him arrested or killed or both. So let's bait him. 
Let's get this guy. And so naturally, when you want to have the Son of God executed, you use a disabled person as a weapon. Um, That's what happened here. Um, So that was the Pharisees. They thought they were all that. They thought they were good at following God's law. Um, But they were just really good at following their own man-made rules. And they as a group were broken. They thought they were God's royalty on this planet. But they in fact were as little use as a shriveled hand. Um, I'm going to pick Jack. Do you like Maltesers? Yeah. He likes Maltesers. Come to the front, please. Um, before you get the Maltesers, um, I'm going to ask you to drink this. Um, but wait. It's, I promise you it's just water. Honestly, <laughs> it's just water. Uh, I'm going to ask you to drink this. Um, I'm going to give you a fresh straw. Do you want to grab that straw there? Thank you. Um, all you need to do is... Have you got a timer ready? Would you mind getting a timer, please? He's got 15 seconds to drink this water through this straw. Um, are you ready? <laughs> I'm trying to improvise. <laughs> I'm trying to be a mathematician here. Five <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's doing well. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm, I got, a, I got one got, more tease in my I will definitely give you a more tease in a little while if you want to grab a seat. Um, so the issue there was... Um, I might not leave that in there, otherwise when I get you to drink this later, it's going to be papered water. Um, this is actually a broken straw. I cut some holes in it. Um, that straw is pretty useless. Okay, It doesn't have a function. It was broken, and its original function of drinking water was totally gone. Um, and so that is kind of like what the Pharisees were. They were useless. Well, between the two disabled groups in this passage... One group uh, was aware of their disability, and the other, the Pharisees, weren't. One group wanted healing from this, and the other didn't. If we're to be a part of Jesus' healing plan, then we need to be aware of our disability, and we need to want healing from it. But it is a sad state to have a disability. However, as I said at the start, Jesus is in the business of bringing ability where there is disability. So let's have a look at Jesus' plan. Although this passage is soured with the Pharisees' unloving plan, it is also covered with the loving scent of Jesus' plan. The first part of Jesus' plan is for him to go where he is despised. Go where he is despised. If you read the passage just before this one, you'll see that Jesus is having another argument with the Pharisees Um, And then verse 9 says, going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. So he's just left somewhere. He was arguing with Pharisees about more law-based things. And he goes to their synagogue. The people he was arguing with, he goes to their synagogue, which is a place in which still today uh, Jewish people come to worship. Uh, But a part of Jesus' plan was to go where he is despised. He, is, he goes to the synagogue where he knows um, he's going to have some problems. He is not going to back down from um, what happens because he knows what is right and he's going to keep pushing for that. He just walks straight in, in there. I, I think about me and, and the amount of times in my life that I must have not gone somewhere 
knowing that I'm not really liked there. I would have avoided that place, but Jesus just goes straight there. He sees the disability, and he wants to bring ability. The second part of Jesus' plan we see here is he reasons uh, where he is despised. Verse 11 says, He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? Jesus reasons with the Pharisees by bringing up a man-made addition to God's law. It was generally accepted, and these Pharisees would agree, that if you retrieve your animal that had fallen into a pit um, on the Sabbath, um, then that was fine. Your sheep falls into a pit on the Sabbath, where you're not allowed to do any work, you can pull that out, and that's all okay. Um, It's a pretty obscure rule, but that was there. And yet, out of the care for the animal, you were allowed to do this work on this day of rest. Verse 12 says, How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Jesus is bringing up one more obscure rule. If on the Sabbath a person was in danger of death, you could bind their wound. If, however, they weren't in danger of death, if the wound wasn't fatal, you couldn't bind that wound on the Sabbath. You had to wait until the next day. Which means the Pharisees are saying, oh, that animal that's fallen down, yeah, great, lift it out. Hoist away, hoist all day. But that broken arm, let it hang. Doesn't quite make sense, does it? So the Pharisees are saying this, and Jesus is saying, what? A person to God is worth way more than a sheep. So it is definitely okay if I heal this guy with a shriveled hand now. Despite Jesus' logic being perfectly sound, the Pharisees are spiritually disabled and cannot listen. They are spiritually deaf. The third part of Jesus' plan is to heal where he is despised. It's to heal where he is despised. Verse 13 says, Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. The big brains of today look at passages like this, and they they think that this guy had a paralysis in his hand, um, which means he can't use it. Um, The problem is when you can't use a muscle, it ends up withering away, and hence shriveling up. So kind of it's it's doubly useless. Um, It's had the, the decaying effects of time on this hand, And when Jesus asks him to stretch it out, it's completely, completely restored as sound, as this says, sound as the other one, as healthy as the other one. Which means Jesus heals the paralysis in this hand, but he also reverses the effects of time that were had on this hand. This is an act of creation. Jesus is God. And yet Pharisees don't see it because they are spiritually blind. They despise him for it. His plan is to bring ability where there is disability. And he's going to do that even when he's despised. And so if we go back to our straw illustration, if you wouldn't mind coming back up, I'm actually going to give you a fresh straw this time. Can I check the straw, please? You can absolutely check the straw. You can pick the straw out there. I've not spent ten minutes cutting holes in the wall. 
I'll accept. Excellent. <laughs> if you want to take your water, uh, we probably don't need to time this, but let's see how fast you can do it, actually. I actually want to time it. You ready? <laughs> and... Four seconds. Wow. Four seconds. Anyone meet me later, you can have the Maltesers if you want. All of them. All of them. Oh. I mean, you can share out if you want. But there we go. It's a silly little illustration, but the point is, Jesus is here to restore the broken. It would have been an even better analogy if I took his original story, if he hadn't mangled it, and like sellotaped it up and kind of fixed it. Okay, but Jesus restores the broken. He is in the business of bringing ability where there is disability. But what does this mean for us? It means exactly the same thing that it meant for Jesus in this passage. Jesus adopted us into his plan. He asked us to imitate him. He asked us to copy him and do as he does, which means going where we're despised, reasoning where we're despised, and both of them to bring ability where there is disability. The first one. Going where we are despised can take us to a few locations. Um, I'm going to start with work or school. Uh, Sometimes there's friction. And this can be horrible. It can be horrible. And one of the things we want to do is run away. I think of about four or five years ago, I had a little, little bit of friction with someone at work. A little bit. And yet I just wanted to run. Straight away I applied for another job. I didn't get the job, so I ended up staying there, which was good for me. But um, a little bit of friction, I just wanted to run. And that is the nature of a lot of us. Um, But with the knowledge that we are not just there to earn a living, with the knowledge that we're not just there to pass the time, that's going to help us um, to stick around, even when we're that little bit despised. We are there so that Jesus can change people's lives. We are there um, from having no purpose, people having no purpose, and I mean no purpose, to Jesus giving them purpose. We are there so that Jesus can take the paralysed and the shriveled and give them rebirth, function, and therefore a purpose. Remember, that is offensive to hear. The Pharisees despised Jesus for what he said about their dysfunctionality. But that's what it was. We are to go to our workplaces there so that those very people that despise us are given a purpose in their lives and a function in Jesus' body, the church. And that carries over to neighbours and landlords. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to suggest that people in here have had issues, have had little bits of friction with our neighbours or maybe landlords. And possibly it's crossed your mind straight away that you've wanted to move, get out of there. But maybe we stick around because wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if through us, Jesus made those enemies whole? And Jesus made them a part of this family. For me, if we apply that, that same thing to church, it gets a whole lot harder. Church is supposed to be that safe place for believers. Church is supposed to be that place that you come to um, and you can leave behind where you might be despised, where you might be hated, where it isn't safe. And you come to church and it's 
it's, it's kind of home. You're in a family. And yet, we are human. And so we're going to rub each other the wrong way. There is going to be friction if we're living as a family. But that's got to be hard. When those issues arise, suddenly, this isn't that safe place anymore. However, knowing now that Jesus goes to the places where he is despised, with his own people, the Pharisees were Jewish like Jesus, with his own people, he was despised by them, you can bring function where there is a lack of function. Putting up with me, for example, if, there's, if I have an issue with you, putting up with me could help bring me closer to Jesus. It could help Jesus restore what is broken in me, if you can put up with me. Equally, there's someone, someone else in the church um, that makes a joke and that you don't find particularly funny, it kind of hurt you, and yet if you can stick with it, it might have Jesus restoring them in a way you can't imagine. Go into community group to see that person that interrupts you or unlovingly tells you that you've got something wrong or excludes you from something. That can see Jesus changing their life. And I say this next thing not because I'm a leader and I'm of this church and I want to see more bums on seats. I don't say this because of that. Um, I don't say this because I think nobody should ever leave. However, I say this next thing because it's what Jesus can use to change people's lives and bring purpose and ability to the body. Don't leave CCM Reddish at the first sign of problems. Stay and discuss any of those issues. Reason and Jesus can change this thing. In Jesus' plan, he was doing a ton of stuff that left him despised. That leads us finally to the Father's plan. God, the Father's plan, was for his son to die at the hands of the people that despised him. For the people that despised him. But the Pharisees, this is verse 14, but the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. The Pharisees were unable to see the power of God in Jesus. The Pharisees were unable to hear how their rules were so far off God's law. They didn't want Jesus to restore them. They were satisfied in their unloving ways, so they sought to have him killed, and they managed it. It doesn't say it in this passage, but we will come to it in a, in a few weeks. They managed it. The religious leaders of the day who sought to have him killed, the others that despised him, had the Son of God executed. But that was his father's will. That was the father's plan. His father willed for Jesus to die, to be completely disabled, utterly without function, to be lifeless. Jesus was breathless. His body was cold, buried in a tomb, decomposing but the good news comes fast because Jesus with the power of God conquered death and was raised to life and raised with him into life is all who stretch out their hands towards him 
and can be restored. The Father's plan was for Jesus to lose so that we can win. The Father's plan was for Jesus to be disabled so that we can be abled. And we're all in the same boat here. As I said earlier, we're all in the same boat. We were all enemies of Jesus. We all had hearts hardened to his love. If you're here now knowing that it's still you, then admit your brokenness to Jesus. Come to him. Confess the way that you've lived, um, the way that you've wanted and not the way that God's wanted. Because that is all of us that have done that. Come to him and he desires to give you restoration. He desires to give you life. He desires to give you a purpose in his body. Um, If we are believers in here, the best thing that happens when we stretch out our hands and are healed, the best thing that happens is Jesus is glorified. That's the best thing. The purpose that God gives is for us to glorify him. Jesus looks good. Jesus looks good when, we, when he gives us purpose. Jesus is glorified through our brokenness being restored. Jesus is glorified when we are despised for him. Jesus is glorified when through him disability is destroyed and godly purpose is restored. And the son is glorified.